Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to hemp present. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I am your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, speaking flower to power for 28 years and found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is the president of the Hemp Embassy in Nidman, Australia, Michael Balderstone. How cool would it be if there was an entire community of folks dedicated to cannabis hemp? Well, one actually exists. In the Northern Rivers area of the Australian state of New South Wales lies a village by the name of Nimbin, which has become known for features such as a reverence for permaculture, sustainability, and self-sufficiency. Nimbin is also seen as synonymous with Australian counterculture as well as cannabis culture. In fact, Nimbin is widely credited as a major influence on Australian counterculture in general. At the Hemp Embassy in Nimbin, Australia, visitors will find a year-round information center and head shop staffed by volunteers who live there or are there on an extended visit. And they have an annual event that celebrates cannabis, hemp, and advocates for a change in cannabis laws, not just in Australia, 
but everywhere. Michael Balderstone is the president of the Australian Hemp Party, as well as the Nimbin Hemp Embassy. And he's been kind enough to join me today directly from Australia to tell you more about this fascinating and essential community. Welcome, Michael, to Hemp Presents. Hey, good to be with you, Vivian. My pleasure. So, Michael, let's just start off with kind of what exactly is the Nimbin Hemp Embassy? Who thought of it? Uh, and, and how did it come to be? So, Nimbin's a tiny village, a one-pub village, less than a 1,000 people, you know, 30, 40 years ago when the hippies started going there. We've been fortunate in Australia that land is relatively cheap, or it was then. So when the 60s kind of mind explosion started, people started moving out of the cities and they could buy a farm around Nimbin pretty cheap and set up communes. So like you said, it became the counterculture capital. And then probably, you know, we always got picked on. Hippies always got picked on for smoking a bit of weed. And then they started doing helicopter raids, which were like military practice exercises, pretty full-on coming down ropes from helicopters into hippie communes and busting people. I'm sure you can remember just what that was like over there. Anyway, I think it's maybe the 28th Mardi Gras. Uh, a friend of mine, Bob Hopkins, kicked it off probably 28, 27 years ago. We decided to do the traditional May Day protest after a particularly heavy set of raids by the, by the choppers. And heaps of people turned up, and we had a fantastic day. It was the 1st of May, and we decided then and there, right, we're going to do this every year until the laws change. Well, Mardi Gras took off, and, you know, for the first 10 years, it was a a pretty much free-for-all. We only had one cop in the village. It was fantastic. It got a big reputation. People were openly smoking and sharing weed. So then the police started coming in. They sent the riot squad at one point about 10 years ago. And and a bill, we started, I had a museum, a hippie museum, and we put a room in there devoted to cannabis law reform. And then a big building came up for for rent in town. We rented it. That's become the Hemp Embassy. And it's probably the main tourist attraction in town. It's a big building. We've got about 30 volunteers and we're really into, as you say, education is what it's all about. But we sell anything and everything that's hemp-related. And, yeah, it's good. It's a big building in town. We've got a little hemp bar next door because we're next door to the only pub. So we've got a bit of opposition where you smoke weed instead of drinking. And, you know, we've got nine cops in Nimbin now permanent. The one little street is live to the cop shop. The police are pretty endlessly hunting people. We're still in the dark ages in Australia, but the hemp embassy has been a great success, and the hemp party is based there, the political party. Yeah, we've got a good crew of people. What are the, what are the laws like uh, for cannabis in Australia? Prehistoric. So because so many people were getting busted, about probably... 15 years ago, they brought in cannabis cautioning in New South Wales. So for 15 grams or less, you just get a little ticket from the cops and no big deal. They're really after the people selling you the weed. So, you know, we're building new jails, privatised jails by Serco. They're building the biggest new jail in Australia, not that far from Nimbin. We're stuck, we're stuck in the dark ages. We're still, everything's illegal. 
were still hunted. So they made medical cannabis available a couple of years ago, but they made the gate so narrow, you had to get a special doctor's permit, you had to go through state and federal hoops that had to jump through, and very few doctors are onto it. Maybe in two or three years, 5,000 people have got legal medical cannabis. It's all imported and it's all expensive. So we're way behind you guys. So the, the Mardi Gras festival is, is, has a huge parade and, and a huge celebration of cannabis and hemp. People are all dressed up, uh, really cool and everything. And you got raided this year just before Mardi Gras and you have endured increased police presence like alcohol and drug detection, vehicle checkpoints, uh, yeah. the authorities the authorities cite things like underage drug use and alcohol-associated violence. Um, yeah. How did the police treat you, and has anybody been charged, and what does it feel like to be treated that way? <clears throat> yeah, it was a new area commander in the police, I thought, trying to stamp his presence. And they really stamped down hard on Mardi Gras the last few years. There's three roads into town. They've set up roadblocks. One of our biggest dramas now is roadside drug testing. And they've got this really primitive, I don't know if you've got it, a little saliva stick. They can ask anyone to, to put give them some saliva. Fancy giving them a sample of your spit. And that gives an indication of how long since you've smoked. And if, if it comes up, they take you away, they take a bigger sample and they send that sample into a lab for a third test. So they do three tests and, and they test you down to 10 nanograms of THC. So basically if you had to smoke a few days ago, you're fair chance of getting busted. So that's really put a big dampener on Mardi Gras, much more than the raid last year. They, they were reasonable in the raid, you know. They took all the weed, they took all the money they could find. Um, they didn't make a huge hoo-ha. A couple of people have been charged who had a bit of weed in their private bags. Otherwise, they haven't charged anyone. They couldn't prove whose was what. So, it, you know, the, the outcome Did they hasn't take a been bunch as of cash? bad as the actual event. Did they take a bunch of money? Yeah, it took about 10 or 11 grand they found, yeah. Um, how's, how do the economics work at Nimbin? How do you guys get by? We're, we're, we are actually super rich, you know. We have a big social security setup, unemployment benefits. So nice. in the early days when the hippies first came there, there was no social security. And then, you know, probably 1970, no, probably late 70s, early 80s, they start, people started getting on the dole. You could get on the dole. Some people have been on the dole 20 years. And if you're living in a shack in the bush, you can live okay on that. You, you maybe can't grow a car. But a lot of people have grown a bit of pot and sold it for years. You know, there's not, there's not huge crops around here because there's so much focus from the police and helicopters. But a lot of people grow a little bit of pot, a lot of people on the dole, a lot of people work, a lot of crafts. A lot of people making stuff. It's a genuine kind of, I imagine like the early communes in Northern California or whatever, it's similar to that. The land prices have all gone up a lot now, so it's not, not like you can do the same thing again. But, you know, essentially we've learned to live in the country, build our own houses, grow our own veggies, grow a bit of weed, look after each other. There's a fair bit of that. 
I'm, I'll book my flight tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Yeah, well, we get quite a few quite a few visitors every Mardi Gras from the states, and we usually fly a few people over, different doctors or people to talk, and uh, it's been important having Americans come over. Like all those big figures, like Jack Herer came one year, and we, you know, it's been important to have Americans every year just to tell us what you're doing to inspire us a bit more and keep us going but we've got a fully right-wing government we've just had this scott morrison elected prime minister he's a happy clapper at the church it's like i don't know i don't know what's happening in australia i don't know why we're so far behind but we're very conservative um we got about a minute before the first break uh, michael so you've okay. been raided and you've been targeted and they do checkpoints you guys ever have any violence or any problem at Nimbin? Yeah, I suppose Nimbin's attracted dropouts or people who can't handle society for, for quite a long time and also people who have other drug habits and they're selling pot to support their heroin or their alcohol habit or nowadays it's methamphetamines ice. So, yeah, there is a bit of problem. We've got a reputation for being a druggy town, although that's changing to a medical marijuana town. bit of respectability now, but, you know, the... Generally, we don't tackle the police head-on, I'd have to say. They're fully equipped. They look like, you know, they're covered in black cricket bats half the time when you see them nowadays. There's been a few few run-ins with the cops, but generally, Nimbin's a really peaceful, quiet. We're a country village, really, on the whole. Yeah, that's what I understood. Um, well, that's fascinating. It sounds like a paradise to this old hippie. Uh, my... It my guest is it's Michael Balderstone country. from Nippon, Australia. We're going to take our first break here. Word from our sponsors and advertisers. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back with our second segment in just a minute. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge at, that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back on Hemp Present with Michael Balderstone, directly from Nimbin, Australia. Uh, Michael, so so who started Nimbin? Who founded it? Yeah, good Did question. They had, they had a festival here in 1973, the Aquarius Festival, and it was really the the universities, the student councils of the various universities and that some of them drove around looking for a place to have this festival and Nimbin was pretty much a closed village you know, they'd, it had been dairy it had been a lot of things, bananas and timber and then dairy and then the dairy industry went bulk, so the local butter factory closed down and when the hippies got there, found it it was like half the shops were closed they bought Four or five of the big buildings in town for like a thousand bucks each. No one wanted to be there. So put down deep roots. So in the beginning it was the students, but this festival had a, was a huge success in Melbourne and Sydney. The land and a lot of people stayed here and dropped out. So it became a sort of dropout capital. And, you know, that's back in the early 70s when land was really cheap and... People bought $100 shares and got a spot in the land and could build houses. The rules have changed a lot since. Nowadays, you know, there's regulations and rules on everything, it seems. I think it's driven by insurance companies. So a lot of people got homemade houses. We live in the bush. I'm looking out at full bush now. Yeah, it's been started by people, mainly well-educated people, who decided we've got to drop out. We've got to find another way. We've got to live an alternative life you know the story didn't you used to be like a stockbroker or something like that at one point yeah i was for a while i grew up in the country joined a stockbroker left school early and joined a stockbroker and got on well and they sent me to london and that was back in the 70s and i i just i hadn't really been thinking i think and i hit london at that time when it was exciting started thinking started questioning dropped out i'd never smoked pot I was 23, and we drove overland to Afghanistan, and the first time I ever got stoned was in Kandahar. You know, you can imagine. It was just the <laughs> best hash. I was fully hallucinating. I was gone. From then on, I was gone. I, I just loved it and never <laughs> looked back. Went to Nepal that summer, stayed at Goa, went back to London, went to America for a while then, wandered around, and Mexico, and came back to Australia with no idea what to do. Spent a long time in India, you know, on, on the spiritual case, really, looking for Godot, trying to work things out, and then eventually came back, and the only place I could fit into then was Nimbin. 
can people can people join the Nibbin? Can people join the Hemp Embassy? How does that work? Yeah, you can. We know it's just volunteers. We get various people coming and helping for short times and long times. You can join the Hemp Party, the political party, where we got quite a lot of votes last election, although we never managed to uh, actually elect anyone. I, um, the village itself attracts, it's a bit of a mecca, a bit of a, like, if it was in India, it would be a holy town, Nimbin, and for the Aboriginals, it was a special initiation place, and, and, um, and still quite a lot of Aboriginals camped around there. We all get on pretty well with that common love of the earth, I guess. I think a lot of, a lot of new people keep coming to Nimbin. It's not as easy as you think now. It's like, quite the hardcore element that's come because we've always had a little heroin scene we've now got a little ice scene ice is a big drama in australia methamphetamine close maybe we're closer to asia we used to have a heroin no, it's, problem it's, it's a got big a problem here too problem now but it's a problem here too, you know the hippies the pot smokers they're all attracted to Nimbin and come here and love it. But the, poli the police is so much heavier. The land is much more expensive. So it's not as easy now. But if you persevere, you'll find, a, find your way in and get accepted and someone will give you a hut to live in. So you uh, have a, uh, a reverence for permaculture and sustainability and organic stuff. Do you have any projects that, that support those ideals? Yeah, we've got a permaculture school here. We've got a great organic fruit and veggie shop. We have farmers. We've got two farmers markets that have every week. <clears throat> so there's a lot of that stuff. A lot of that stuff going on. A lot of people growing stuff. A lot of people sharing their crafts. All that stuff's gone very well in Nimbin, and and really, it's such pretty country, and people sharing the same ideals. It's a lot of, it's a very strong community. The other thing I think is, it's a bit like, black, there is a place here called Black Sheep Farm, you know that expression. So all the, all the odd bods manage to find a home and to find acceptance here. We're kind of, I think it's part of the pot stone state of mind. It's very accepting, very tolerant. A lot of people who can't fit in in other places or get rejected in other places end up coming to Nimbin and find solace but but particularly people who love cannabis you know you know you'll get accepted around Nimbin you know your neighbor's not going to dob you in which is pretty common in Australia people will always find you a joint there's that real camaraderie that comes from outsiders people who have been misjudged and picked on so there's a there's a tribe here they call it a rainbow tribe. It's a real thing. It all started back in that Aquarius festival, but quite a lot of festivals and gatherings and that sort of thing happens in this area, although, once again, there's so many new rules and regulations. I don't know if that's happened to you over there, but you know, oh, yes. lawyers are running the yes. place here nowadays. I think it's the same everywhere. So is there a governing yeah. council or a board of directors or... Some kind of a body that that manages things. How does that work? Yeah, there's an Inman Chamber of Commerce. Really, we're run by Lismore City Council. Lismore's, you know, a small city, half an hour away. Casino, the beef capital of Australia, is just up the road. So <laughs> we're in the middle of redneck land, totally. But the alter the Nimbin influence has been huge, and slowly but surely. 
you know, because most people who came in the beginning were from the cities and it was hard going in the country. Leeches and ticks and, you know, big wet season, the mud and the rain. So a lot of people moved out and there's quite a big university now in Lismore nearby. So Lismore's got a big hippie influence, the coast, the whole Northern Rivers area has a lot of alternative people. But our biggest drama now is this roadside drug testing. A lot of people have actually stopped smoking pot because you lose your licence very easily. And, you know, and did you people, say that 10, pe- 10 people nanograms? People to work. It's a nightmare. In the country, that, that you need if, your licence. If you, if you blow 10 nanograms, you violated? What they do is, is they the first test they give you is a loose test. But, and everyone's got ways of cheating and getting around that. You carry a chocolate milk or you carry a peppermint lozenge or something. And pretty easily you don't come up. <clears throat> but if you do come up, then you're gone because they take you away. They take you to a portable bus or to the police station and they get a second bigger sample of your saliva. If that's, if that's not positive, you're allowed to drive. But they send it to us for a third test. And then they test that down to 10 nanograms, and everyone's gone. 98% of people whose saliva got sent away last year came back positive. So, you know, a lot of people have lost their licence. So much so the magistrates now have started not taking your licence away. New South Wales Police, I think, is the oldest police force on earth, and they really... They started off in the early days, you know, when when Australia was a convict colony and they ran the pubs and it was pretty corrupt and you had to give them a bottle of rum to get a licence, I think. And I I mean, I'm quite sure it's changed, but it's a full-on aggressive police force. All of Australia, pretty similar. We really have swung back to the right. They've made this little medical cannabis gateway and they're thinking, yeah, well... Yeah, medical cannabis has sidetracked the whole end prohibition cycle. They're, you know, the, the the straight politicians are saying to you, well, if you're genuine medical, you know, you can go to the doctor and get it now. But in fact, it's a, it's extremely difficult and extremely expensive and important. So, you know, people are being busted all the time. You don't go to jail that easily. You have to have some sort of commercial... Inclination. They hate the idea of anyone making any money out of it, that's for sure. We are taking the second break, and we will come right back for our final questions with Michael Balderstone, the president of Nimbin Hemp Embassy in Australia. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Oh, lady marijuana llama, tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with the bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. 
fetch your earbuds, and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. The National Cannabis Industry Association's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference takes place October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com and take part in the only industry trade show focusing solely on the California market hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference brings together thousands of cannabis industry leaders, policymakers, and entrepreneurs to discuss California-specific regulations, market trends, policy, advocacy, and research. The California Cannabis Business Conference will also feature over 60,000 square feet of expo floor, showcasing over 200 exhibits. Make your plans now for NCIA's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference, October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. That's CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back on Hemp Presents, uh, direct from Nimbin, Australia, uh, with Michael Balderstone from the Nimbin Hemp Embassy. Michael, you and I are both products of the 1960s hippie counterculture. It, it feels today as if virtually everything we hold sacred is under attack. Uh, things like Nimbin, the Hemp Embassy, and I believe Seattle Hemp Fest, our, our oasis of truth and freedom, tolerance and love in, in really kind of a scorched desert of materialism, exploitation and oppression. Uh, but we are, uh, but we're standing strong, man, and, and getting our message out. Um, this show, Hemp Present, has listeners on almost every continent of the planet. What's the general message to the world that the Hemp Embassy would like to send? What would you like to leave our listeners with today? You know, it's interesting. It's good you come from the same sort of era as me because... I, th- I often think we're the messengers. You know, we had the visions, we took our mushrooms or LSD and smoked our pot and had a clear vision back in the 70s of, of how the world could be a much better place and how we could get on and how we could share instead of the, the capitalist competitive model. And I think that all stands true totally. Our visions were correct. It's just that People didn't listen how we expected. So I think we've just got to have total confidence that we were right, that we do have to live in harmony with each other and the earth, and we can. And we're just it's going to be a rough ride. The next 20, 30, 40, 50 years, the planet's going to go through such a big change. I have confidence we'll come out the other side and we'll be okay. But I, I think the big message is you just got to stay true to yourself and stay true to the values we know. 
which is to work with the earth. I mean, organics is a huge thing in Nimbin now, and I'm sure over there. All those things us hippies warned everyone about, about cutting down too many trees, too many chemicals, poisoning the land and the earth, you know, not looking after each other. Everything is being shown up to be truer than ever, I think. So we just got to stick to our non-guns, and uh, we'll come through the other side, I think. And, you know... You don't really die, I think. There's some ongoing thing which is incredibly important for people to get a grip on and we've just got to be true to ourselves. You guys have been an inspiration to us in America. I think you're more volatile, you're prepared to get locked up, you're prepared to cop it hard much easier in a way. We're we're a bit she'll be right, take it easy, we're very comfortable. We're also very cynical about authority though. So, you know, it'll come through. We're going to get there, and it's just a long, slow journey. Other people don't wake up as quick as you'd like them to. Well, Michael Balderstone, let me just tell you, it's an honor to talk with you. We are kindred spirits. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Hempy Trails, and, and the best of luck to you. Good day. Vivian, I really appreciate it and really appreciate what you've done. Seattle Hemp Fest has been an inspiration to us for a long time. Much appreciated. All your great work. Thank you, sir. You, you just take care, man. Okay. Now I'm going to get now I'm gonna get to a weekly feature here presented on CannabisReal.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is. Governments around the world are realizing that prohibition of cannabis causes more harm than it prevents. It's time Australia joined them and legalized cannabis for adult use, and that is Richard De Natale. Leader of the Australian Greens Party. That concludes this installment of Hammerzen on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on a journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find your voice. Speak up for justice. Resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hempresent@gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plans, performed by Stickerbush, sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.